0: Hi everyone, welcome to the episode 31 of Solid Saturday. The guest we have today, William S. He took his prior education in mathematics. After that, he served for U.S. Army for a couple of years. And again, he got back into the education and did two masters. One master in the business analytics, another one is business administration. And currently, he is one of the leaders in the business analytics and science space. So let's hear his career journey. How did he find his passion or the area of interest and managing to lead that area of interest? So welcome, William, and very happy to have you on the show. Really appreciate your time.
1: Absolutely. My name is uh, William Stadenmeyer, by the way. So good job. Good that. Yeah, we had that conversation earlier. I know my last name is a little bit difficult to pronounce. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, it's funny, you know, they say boys are supposed to follow in their father's footsteps, Mm -hmm. but in many ways, I actually followed in my mom's footsteps. She was also a military veteran. And when she got out of the service, she got uh, her MBA and after getting her MBA, she decided she wanted to do something more technical. So she became a computer programmer. And, uh, actually when I was a little kid from an early age, she bought me this small computer and taught me how to make uh, data visualizations, like very, (laughs) like little kid style data visualizations in one of the uh, world's first programming languages. So at an early age, I got exposure, um, to making like, uh, data visualizations using computer programming. Uh And, uh, fast forward after serving honorably in the military for um, eight years active duty, I got out and got my MBA, but like a lot of veterans who, uh, their first exposure to business was getting an MBA at like graduate school. We mm-hmm. weren't really sure what we wanted to do with that. But since I already had this math background and okay. taken a lot of computer science classes and my mom had taught me computer programming, I thought you know maybe data analytics might be a way to kind of beef up my technical skills in a short period of time. Okay. I found out about this data analytics graduate program at USC. A week before the admission deadline and I sent an email to the director of the program and he actually let me in without an interview mm-hmm. so very fortunate about that and uh, meanwhile I was actually working um, in kind of a BI functional role mm-hmm. between the IT department and the finance department for a large manufacturing company outside of Los Angeles so I got to pick up these great data science skills learning R and Python at night at USC and then apply them during the day at work. So there was a lot of luck involved and I'm very fortunate
0: <laughs> for, for how everything kind yes, of shaped that. That's great that. you Your learning started pretty early in your age, actually, and that's great to hear from you. Uh, so what do you think is the most challenging part of your work and what excites you about this? I, I
1: think when it comes to like data science in general, it's a very, very like broad, field and you can cover a lot of different aspects of different industries. Mm-hmm. And I think the challenge is that a lot of corporate leaders don't really understand the practical business value of data science in the short term. You think of data scientists, they think of people building in statistical models, using, using big data for like long-term projects like customer lifetime value or artificial intelligence. But really, there's all kinds of awesome short-term projects that we can get involved in that Mm -hmm. can add short-term value for companies. So one of the most exciting things is the fact that there's so many topics we can cover, and there's so many ways we can add value. Mm -hmm. And one of the big challenges is trying to raise awareness about that to corporate leaders. Yeah.
0: So those are really, very valuable insights. And definitely, as you mentioned, it can help society work with it the way it is currently with the COVID-19 situation. So thank you so much for sharing. And the way you are told about your background as well, it, it seems that you are very passionate about this field. So would you like to share what are the latest things happening currently in this field?
1: Yeah, I think that you can bucket that into two categories. Generally, I think if you were to ask a data scientist, you know, what's going on in the field, they're going to talk about Artificial intelligence and facial recognition, all these kinds of really cool, like high tech things that uh, people are doing at Google and Facebook and that sort of thing. SpaceX. And that stuff is super exciting, but I'm also excited about like the practical day to day business value that you can get from data science when it comes to potentially like building bots to automate processes. In the past, it would take an entire FPA, like a financial planning and analysis team, a week to build a financial model or to move data from different Excel spreadsheets, data scientists could build a model like that, take that same week, and build the model and also automate it. Um, so those are the kinds of like day-to-day challenges that I think are, are most exciting and it's really great to see that a lot of companies are investing in data scientists on their teams. Okay.
0: That's great. And uh, next question is along the same line, your area of interest. So you are more of focused on data science with the business science. Then uh, would you like to elaborate? How do you see it and how these two are interrelated or correlated?
1: How data science is related to business analytics? Yes. <coughs> sure. So I'll give you some, I work in the digital space and I'll give you some examples about how you can use like data science
2: uh-huh.
1: in like a short term business setting.
2: Uh-huh. Past,
1: companies. Had to invest millions of dollars on these like IT solutions for things that a data scientist can actually like solve within a week or a month time. And that's a big part of what like, my content is about. Like, for example, in the digital space, we always want to understand how uh, what how our competitors are like pricing the product products. And there are a variety of different solutions out there, but a data scientist can actually just build uh, a solution in-house within Mm -hmm. a short period of time that scrapes the web from all the different competitor sites and pulls it into like a, a, like a nice dashboard on the business intelligence side. And then we can use that data for price optimization. So that's like one example. Another example is sentiment analysis. It's very Mm -hmm. useful to understand how your customers and other people are doing like your products and your brand. And Mm -hmm. uh, so another product, Project that I've done in the past is, is scraping the web for, for different um, products and then assigning like n- numeric scales so that we actually have like an understanding of like how high or how negative we are in, in certain aspects.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great actually. Though both the examples were definitely elaborates on how those things are integrated And moving to the next question is about the API of line same business science and analytics. What all things do you see as an important factor in the organization when it comes to business analytics?
1: Well, I think that there are a lot of classic ideas that still hold true. Mm-hmm. One is single version of truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the problems is if you've got a data scientist on on every team. Mm-hmm. That teams can become kind of territorial about like what their data shows and that sort of thing. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So it's good to have data analysts and data scientists spread throughout the country or throughout the company. Mm -hmm. It's important for there to be an agreement on what the actual truth is when it comes to the numbers at the end of the day.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Some other aspects that are important in business intelligence is I think that it's a good idea for companies to, try to develop business intelligence solutions Mm -hmm. that actually solve the problem Mm -hmm. and just invest in technologies that are famous. Because there are a few like dashboarding and and BI tools out there that are very famous. Mm -hmm. When it comes to visualizing complex problems, it's Mm -hmm. difficult to do that with bar charts and line charts. You might need something a little bit more sophisticated So one of the advantages of having someone who can build things in like R and Python and JavaScript is that there's just a limitless supply of the kinds of of ways that you can actually visualize data. Mm -hmm. And you can do it in a manner that actually reveals insights that you otherwise wouldn't be able to do. So um, I think single version of truth, that's the most important thing. And then also having business intelligence that's really focused on like solving the problem.
0: Okay, yeah. That's great. Uh, thank you for sharing. And moving towards along your career journey, any interesting experience or the learnings that you always remember like while growing in your career? Would you like to share about that?
1: Um, sure, I think that when I was working in finance at one of the the world's largest companies, I was working in consolidation, and I saw how much time a team of analysts was spending Mm -hmm. to move financial data from one spreadsheet to another. And in some cases, when we were reconciling invoices, Mm -hmm. there was actually a lead on a team that um, was spending a week of her time (laughs) every week Manually copying the data, uh-huh. thousands of pages of invoices, and then that data trickled down into our financial models.
2: Uh-huh.
1: So I learned that people really don't have a solid understanding, often, uh-huh. of the kinds of technology tools that are out there, uh-huh. um, let alone the value of like data science.
2: Uh-huh. And
1: so one thing that I've, I've tried to be good at throughout my career is showing people that, hey we can solve this within a short period of time. And at my previous employer, I actually built a workflow that um, took all that data from the the PDFs and spit it into an Excel model that we could use. So it took a process that had normally taken about a week, and it was done in five minutes at the end of every
2: month.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, And uh, do you uh, work on the machine learning side as well? Like any favorite machine learning algorithm that you have, and why is that?
1: I think that so I, I'm not doing anything currently when it comes to like deep learning or random forest. I'm not building
2: mm-hmm.
1: production models or anything like that. What I normally use uh, machine learning for evaluative and short-term um, prediction purposes. I think that it's fairly easy to build a like uh, an application that can take your forecast and immediately look at what is the best possible forecast and then spit that out. Instead of just using, you know, moving averages like we normally do in finance, we can run through hundred different <laughs> models within a matter of minutes and spit out the best one. And then in terms of, I also do work on the marketing side. Um, so I do a lot of kind of clustering analytics and, and basic stuff like that. But mm-hmm. even though it's not, as sexy as like deep learning and random forests. A lot of these old school machine learning algorithms have practical business purposes that people don't even realize.
0: Yeah, so uh, when you're talking about the marketing analytics, right? Would you like to tell more about it, uh, about marketing analytics?
1: Like how, how we...
0: How we, yeah, uh, how, uh, how that helps actually to, to...
1: In terms of like customer segmentation yeah. and whatnot? Mm-hmm.
2: So, um, I think that many companies are,
1: that there are certain like technology companies out there when it comes to customer analytics, they're like customer analytics leaders like Facebook and Google, et cetera. Um, but a lot of companies and like large companies that I've actually done projects for are surprising, can surprisingly be a little bit like behind the times because they simply haven't like understood like the power of that. Mm-hmm. So, something, some projects that I've worked on in the past is actually just pulling data from like different SQL servers, combining it with Google Analytics data, putting it together in mm-hmm. order to, like, that feeds into some of these, like, basic clustering machine learning algorithms, determine how, like, profitable our different customer segments are. Mm-hmm. Um, like, basic, we're talking about the most basic level. It's the same kind of project that anyone who's who studied Marketing analytics is probably done in school, but applying these like school learnings on the job can actually raise a lot of value. In our case, uh, I, I applied this at, at one of my companies, and we were able to um, increase lift by around fifteen percent within a short period of time because it, we were able to show exactly how to target specific customer groups and what was successful and what wasn't in the past. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so uh, yeah, definitely this is a very valuable point that you pointed it out. Like, you know, uh, whatever you learned in the academics and when you, you know, enter into any job role, uh, related to that, definitely. uh real experience is always different than whatever you learn when it comes to applying something, whatever you learned into the business. So thank you so much for sharing. And uh, as you already mentioned, actually, your journey towards programming started very early in your age. Yeah. Do you
1: have any favorite programming language and which one and why? Um, so I kind of consider myself the underdog, you know, in my career. Because uh, I was a military veteran who became like a senior data scientist. And in the data science space, R is definitely the underdog. So that's probably my, my favorite programming language. For another reason, it's built on Fortran. So it's extremely fast. And basically, all the packages and and APIs are free. Plus, the Shiny, it's kind of like the interactive dashboarding visualization side of R, is completely free to use. And it's a really fast way to prototype your designs. Actually, all of the the content that I've produced, um, I've been able to put together on a Saturday morning. I set my time limit. I'm going to get up Saturday morning. (laughs) By 1 p.m., I'm going to be done with this project. And I think that would be impossible if I was using... Another programming language because either I would have to pay um, to use like the the dashboard, or I would a- actually have to create like my own my own web page using Flask or JavaScript or something like that. So
2: okay. I'm That's- with all of them.
0: <laughs> whatever points you mentioned, those are definitely like advantages of that particular programming language. R is definitely really good. For the
2: that
0: is also very good. So I can uh, relate to that because. Uh, has very less number of lines of code and uh, it is quick actually. People very are fast. Really, really, yeah. So thank you for sharing. Thank you. It really shows that you are really interested and passionate about this area that you're working in. So what do you think is your leadership style and any leader that you always follow or admire? So
1: Honestly, you know, when I started out in my military career, I, I was a bit of a hard ass. I could be a little bit of a micromanager. <laughs> and uh, I remember when I actually got my platoon before deploying to Afghanistan. I got my first platoon um, like two months before we were going to deploy. Mm-hmm. And actually, at midnight that night, we were all on a bus mm-hmm. down to go to this training, like this mandatory training you have to go through <laughs> before the deployment. So it's like, happy birthday, here's your platoon, get on the bus, we're going to Afghanistan, you know? And uh, they, they spent, you know, years preparing me for that moment, telling me exactly what you're supposed to say. But the reality really hits you when you're staring out at a bunch of 17 and 18-year-old kids, you know, many of whom have families already, and they're about to go with you to a long deployment mm-hmm. to Afghanistan, you know? like for real like going on combat missions and stuff so i felt an enormous sense of responsibility and the way i dealt with it that at the time was i was like we're going to get up at 4 30 a.m every morning you know we're going to stay late we're going to be training and that sort of thing and it was about a month into the deployment that one of my senior leaders kind of took me aside and he's like you know you need to lighten up a little bit And, uh, you know, you're you're being a little bit too hard on these guys. What's really important is your relationship with them. that They know that you care. And uh, that really hit me. And so after that, I tried to develop a much more flexible coaching style.
2: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: I would have conversations regularly with uh, people in my platoon, not just with senior leadership present, because I really wanted people to be able to speak up and share their opinions. And I wanted to get feedback from them, you know, because I'm not a genius. I can't think of everything. And uh, it was actually during one of these review sessions that my driver Mm -hmm. drove my truck, Cortez. He said, sir, if we're so scared about hitting bombs all the time, driving over a bomb by mistake on the road, why do we even drive on the road?
2: Mm -hmm.
1: It sounds so simple. But it's not something that I'd even thought about, you know? Why are we driving on the road? And uh, that happened early in the deployment. And after that, whenever possible, when we weren't going through towns or cities or whatever, Uh we would drive off the road as much as possible in kind of a zigzag manner that made it unpredictable for people who were trying to target us. And I really think that's one of the main reasons all of us came back alive after that long deployment. Okay. So the kinds of leaders I respect, I really look up to people who can confront their own ego um, and realize that, you know, they don't know everything, um, but are always available to take the call. You can talk about things realistically with them. I also respect competence. like if the leader really knows, like, their subject matter and is secure enough in that to admit when they're wrong. So I've tried to emulate that, that leadership style. In my
0: own career, that's great actually, and very uh, good qualities actually that you mentioned. Uh, definitely, definitely, always there for the team. Uh, whenever it comes to like team building, it's very important to have building that confidence, the person, that relationship with individuals in Those are very important factors when it comes to the leadership. Because I think leadership role plays a very important role in anybody's career growth. Uh, learn a lot of things. Like I have seen a couple of leaders, like, you know, uh, people under them, copying the same sentences where they're uh, talking to the other person. So that much right. a leadership can affect any person. So it's very important to get the proper leadership. So thank you so much for sharing. And You're welcome. <laughs> really a very good, great leadership style to have. Moving towards our next question is about what do you think that like you know extra mile or step that anybody has to take to follow the area of interest and grow in that career? Or anything particular that one person?
1: Well, I think you have to you have to separate out getting the job and actually like being good at the job. Because I think those are two very different things. Um, a lot of influencers uh, in like in the data science area, mm-hmm. most of their content is like interviewing tips. Mm-hmm. Do the interviewing tips when you get the interview. <laughs> but realistically, the people that land the job are not the ones who like can answer all the questions. They generally have a friend <laughs> who works at that company, and then the, through the interviews, people like them, and that's how they get the role. Oh. Um, you know, ex- many extremely smart, qualified, ethically strong. Students who weren't able to land a job um, in the United States after the data analytics program and many of the ones that I know that are now working at the top, top companies Mm -hmm. that strong didn't even go show up to class, you know, (laughs) shut up late to class. We're always partying, but they were good at, at politics and like the networking piece. So when people reach out to me, I know no one wants to hear this, but it's it's really a big part of it is expanding your network. And being able to uh, develop relationships because data science is new and there's a good chance that if you're good at data science, your boss isn't going to know anything about it. And that's going to come out during the interview.
2: Yeah.
1: So that's, that's getting the job. When it comes to you know, like becoming better, I think it's really just about your passion. Yes. You know, Grandpa used to love tinkering in the garage. He was a mechanic. He was always out in the garage tinkering with motors, singing a little song to himself. And mm-hmm. my Saturdays building applications, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. what I enjoy. So if you're genuinely passionate about it, I think you'll just get better, you know, over time. as As long as you as long as you're doing it in your spare time, yeah, you'll definitely be good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, and definitely it is useful for audience as well. Moving towards the guidance side, actually, uh, would you like to recommend any books or online courses that? People should learn from those.
2: Yeah, I
1: think I really think DataCamp is good um, for people who have some experience in computer programming languages or are are pretty good at picking stuff up fast. You can just start with DataCamp. I yeah. know a, a friend of mine who works; he's the head of marketing analytics at a uh, at a company in Australia he just started learning R like a month ago and he's already posting content and building apps and stuff like that. So those data camp courses are are really good. Um, But someone who has no experience with computer programming whatsoever, this is going to be super controversial. (laughs) If you post this, maybe people are going to make a lot of negative comments about it. But I think just starting with the W3, the free W3 course, if you have no experience whatsoever in computer programming, it's not a bad way to understand the basic grammar and vocabulary of programming language so that when you start doing something more advanced, I mean, you can complete those modules within two hours so that when you start doing some, something more advanced, um, you have like some kind of context to, to wrap, your head, wrap your head around. And then in terms of advancing even farther, once you get past DataCamp, I really just think you have to use it at work or do projects in your spare time because just like learning a language you can like take classes, but if you're not immersed in it every day, it's it's it. it, it the amount of improvement is, is there's like a ceiling to it, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so uh, definitely uh, W three Schools is always the parent of anything, actually. Any programming language, and Data camp uh, is also one of the those. Actually, what I feel is that it gives you the interactive interface the coding along
2: the way, the way you are learning it.
0: so that is also a good way to learn uh, yeah thank you so much for sharing
2: you're welcome <laughs> uh,
0: moving towards our last question to end this podcast is okay <laughs> advice for the people who are looking to enter into this field like you know business science or business analytics and uh, want to grow in their particular field or people who are looking for transforming their career into the business science uh,
2: any tips or advice in this
1: podcast? Yeah, you know, I would say that I get so many messages every day. <laughs> it's crazy mm-hmm. as it sounds from people who want to break into like the data science uh, field and they're saying, you know, what classes uh-huh. should you take, what kinds of certifications. And going back to my earlier point, uh-huh. you know, let's say that you graduated from IIT in India, you know, <laughs> you're qualified (laughs) you know you've already got the technical skills you know don't sell yourself short Uh now it's really about expanding your network Uh most people that reach out to me i I can tell from their profiles that they're very very smart they're already qualified i mean you've got data scientists at amgen with just undergraduate degrees and something like economics (laughs) you know literally working as data scientists at amgen like this top top company you got Data scientists at all these top companies that um, are relatively underqualified compared to many of the people that are reaching out to me from a skills category. But they landed that role because of their politics and their and their networking ability. So it's it's unfair, it's myopic, but you know, if you really want to get into this career path, you, you have to like be willing to like expand your network make friends with people don't make it obvious that you're looking for a job right off the bat <laughs> when you message someone you know try to try to make friends with them first do projects you know post content like other like and comment on other people's content so you don't come across as selfish i think and also you know don't get discouraged cuz right now nobody's hiring <laughs> so it's just not a good time for recent grads unfortunately
0: yeah, those are really very valid points. I can tell from my experience also. It is very important to support each other. It's not about just like whenever you are learning something, it's important to share as well as learn others. Learn as well. So, thank you so much for sharing. And uh, I hope, uh, audience, you enjoy this episode as well. And as I always say, until we meet, happy leading. Let's live together. Stay safe. Bye for now.